sack. He kicks. He kneels. Yes! He struck him out! The Blue Sox are going to the PGCBL Championship for the first time <laughs> in franchise history! The flying baseball! Just a bit outside. It's the Blue Sox beat with Ray Biggs and Scoop. Better late than never, another episode and a season-ending episode of the Blue Sox Beat. I'm Scoop, he's Ray Biggs, you hear him call the games online. Jamestown Jammers, your PGCBL champions this year, and the Utica Blue Sox just shy of getting a playoff berth, which is a burr under the saddle for many of us Blue Sox fans, and especially you, Ray, Talk about that a little bit. Well, it definitely wasn't my favorite outcome, to to say the least, here at the end of the season. It was decided before the year that the league, to decide their wild card team for the playoffs, they would not be using you know what you'd consider to be the normal major league rule, which is, of course, the team with the next best record after the guaranteed spots have been allocated. Instead, they decided to do the third-place team for a, for a few different reasons, apparently. But they did the third-place team in the division of the team with the best record. So, so what you ended up with... Yeah, that's Jamestown's uh, division. Yes, the West Division. So what ended up happening is Utica was like five games over five hundred. Elmira was four games under five hundred, And because Elmira just so happened to be in the same division with Jamestown, who ended up winning the league title... Utica missed the playoffs, even though their record was infinitely better than Elmira's. Now, I'm no mathematician, but you can guess why that kind of seems out of place. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because I think the Blue Sox had a good season. There were a lot of things that happened uh, much better this year than last year. Oh, 100%. And I think you've got to look no further than, you know, even the way that the season started the month of June. Last year, Utica's season was really derailed by about a 17-day stretch in the month of June where they seemingly couldn't do anything, right? I think they lost 16 out of 17 in that time and were a very, very good team otherwise. This year, Utica was able to avoid that letdown and, you know, even played some of its better baseball to be in position coming down the stretch. The month of July was actually very kind to Utica overall. You just hate to see yourself not have that opportunity to get into the playoffs, even though, you know, in all honesty, if you're looking on principle of what you've done to earn it, maybe you've earned it more than the next guy. And I think that was the case this year. Well, they won that doubleheader at the end of the season and then had to wait for the other teams the next day to play to see if they were in, if they were out, and then they didn't get it. They were depending on some other teams. And it's interesting you mentioned that bad June last year, because conversely, this year, I believe Jamestown in the month of June was 18-4. and four. So, you know, that first month, if you go in the tank or if you completely kick butt, that can set the tone for July, really, and then, you know, propel you even beyond that. So... Unfortunately, the playoffs were not to be, but we did get some postseason honors for our Blue Sox. Khalid Cox, what a fantastic season. Um, He is on the all-league first team for the PGCBL, and I understand he has left Savannah State. Yeah, he's actually on his way to Texas College, which is, of course, where our center fielder Cameron Feltz was playing. 
And you know what? You get you got to like that if you're Texas College next year. They're getting a major upgrade into their outfield. They're getting a significantly strong power bat. Khalid this year with a team record, nine home runs. He was very close to the league record as well. And every time this guy hit the ball pretty much, he wasn't hitting anything that was really all that lousy coming off the bat. Every time he hit it, he stung it. And that was something to behold, arguably maybe one of the best pure hitters I think I've ever seen come out of this organization. And no matter where he ends up, and he, for all we know, he could very well be back here next year. Let's hope. You know, you I always, you always hope you can get some of those guys to come back multi-year from year to year. Utica was lacking that a little bit this year relative to you know what they had last year and the year before with guys like Taylor Olmstead and uh, Jared Baldinelli. So that presence was kind of missing, although Utica was originally planning on having some guys back this year, including, of course, uh, Chris Skirmo, who was unable to join the Blue Sox for the summer uh, due to believe due to a little bit of an injury so with that with that in mind you know you, you certainly hope you can retain some guys and I think Khalid's got to be right at the top of the shopping list for George well I would love to have Cameron back as well and you know, Khalid and Cameron both on uh, the ESPN Sportzilla shows making a, a visit on on Sunday on ESPN Utica Rome uh, great guy on the PGCBL All-League second team you've got uh, second baseman Luis De Leon from uh, Central Alabama Community College, is that right? Yeah, what a season he had, too. I mean, this is a guy, very early on in the season, he really wasn't playing a whole lot, at least especially not at home. He was coming in the late-game situations. He was getting most of his playing time early on the road, I think, in the early going of the season. And by mid-year, you know what? A lot of things like injury trouble started to plague the ball club. Guys like Cole Habig went down, and... You know, you got to find a guy to really kind of step into the limelight there and produce, and that you know that's what that's what great players do. Even if they're not necessarily storming at you out of the gate, they figure it out. They find a way to contribute when their team needs it. And all the credit in the world to Luis for a tremendous second half where he hit the cover off the ball seemingly every night. Also on that second team, all league team for the PGCBL Blaze from. Carl Albert State. Speak on him a little bit, Ray. Well, no doubt. I think you're seeing a guy that's got a lot of upside in the future. There were some things, you know, out of the gate mechanically that I'm sure he wanted to come in and work on. He really didn't play a lot in the spring after playing a lot the previous spring. And needless to say, he was a godsend every single night, it seemed. He was kind of the backbone of the Utica rotation and one of those guys that you aspire to get every single summer as a general manager. So, you know, that that honor, I think, as well, is uh, very well-deserved on that uh, on that front. Blaze Loman. And I want to mention briefly some of the season-ending, uh, season-end awards that were handed out by the PGCBL. Uh, you've got Ryan Tours from the Mohawk Valley Diamond Dogs uh, in Villanova. Named the Player of the Year, first baseman. And just a very strong overall hitter for Travis Heiser right down the right down the pike here on Route 5. Another strong year for the Mohawk Valley Diamond Dogs. He was at the forefront, as was uh, Ryan Hernandez, for basically that entire season. Those two guys were RBI machines. You really, no matter what, 
you were you were constantly put in positions, I think, with the way that that lineup hit this year, and they were buzzing among the top teams in batting average, as were the Blue Sox pretty much uh, most of the year. That was a team where it was very, very difficult to pitch around those two guys, and they really reaped the rewards with unholy RBI totals. I believe both of them broke the league record, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Tours definitely did. Mason Hazelwood, pitcher of the year of the aforementioned Elmira Pioneers. Not a guy Utica got to see a lot, of course, with Utica and Elmira only playing two games this year, but Utica did get to see him here in Utica this year in the uh, home leg of the home leg of that series for the Utica Blue Sox. And my goodness, that was the best stuff of any pitcher I saw this year, and it was not even close. Absolutely electric fastball. His breaking stuff had massive hook on it. You look at that kid, and you know he's from the SEC. You know he's from Kentucky, just on a completely different gear from pretty much anybody else I saw all year. And Anthony Barone of the Jamestown Jammers, the coach of the year. Of course, they're champs. That was the first championship for the city of Jamestown since uh, the 1991 New York Penn League, uh, a city I've spent some time in. So uh, good for them. I wish it could have been Utica. But, uh, you know, we kind of got hosed out of a playoff spot. I'll say it, Ray. If you won't say it, I say we got hosed. But uh, we move on. And you actually didn't really speak to a whole lot of the coaching staff or players to get any indication if they were thinking about maybe returning next year. And you know, even if a guy wants to, or a coach, or a player wants to, or a coach wants to, it's you know, I think it's a little early to tell. There's just so we've much got, that could happen between yeah, we've now. Got, and we've then. got so much time here between now and you know the ne- ne- next May June, although. You better believe general managers are already making phone calls. They're already trying to really assemble their their next roster even right now without players even getting back on campus yet. So there's a lot of work that goes into that, but I still think it might be just a little bit early to even get a really a feel for uh, who is coming back. And also in Utica Blue Sox news, I've seen Tim Best, PA announcer, at Donovan Stadium, Renane Field. He's been hanging out with some former Blue Sox uh, now in the big leagues, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. We went from, I believe, zero major leaguers to two in the span of just a few months. Out of the gate, Ryan Yarborough, who was one of the best pitchers in AAA last year in the IL for the Durham Bulls, he got the call up. He was a 2011 Utica Brewer on that NYCBL division championship team that later went to, I believe, the uh, NABF World Series. And then, so he actually was realistically expected to be able to make the jump this year, and good for him. He's been able to. He's been a big part of that opener strategy that they're employing down there in Tampa Bay right now where they're having a, a reliever start the game. So they've liked to use him a yeah, lot. What that a weird role. thing that is. I, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's so interesting, that strategy. Well, they're trying to minimize the impact of hitters going up multiple times and seeing the same guy over and over. So credit to them for kind of trying to invert things and yeah. maybe change the momentum of the ball game. It's a big reason why they've been as solid as they've been this year, although they're obviously not the New York Yankees. They're not the Boston Red Sox. But, but you know, very, I, I do yeah. like the innovative way of thinking there, and I think you're going to see... 
There's somebody else is going to eventually try to do this. And we have uh, the guy on the Orioles as well. Yes, Cedric Mullins, who recently made his Major League debut, hit his first Major League home run over the weekend, and Tim was actually there to see it, uh, which is amazing. field, right? In Cleveland. uh, Yeah, he stung a I believe a... Yeah, absolutely. It was, I believe, just a straight line drive to right center field. So good good on him for getting one out of there, getting that one out of the way, and... You always kind of knew maybe he had the tools to be able to make it, even on a team that back in 2014, we all know that really was not, in hindsight, our best team. But he was an unbelievably bright spot with that, but with the ball club that we had at the time. And, you know, just, just look at him go, look at him go now. <laughs> what can I say? I wish the PGCBL season was just a little bit longer. But, you know, I, I know the kids got to get back to their uh, colleges and. Uh, their own teams, but it was fun. I miss it. That's why I'm, I'm completely selfish. I miss having that legacy IPA sitting up at the top row there, not too far from you, getting to hear you, uh, you know, call a little bit of the game in my one ear, and then I get Tim Best, you know, uh, over the the PA there, and you know, playing. That's got to be sensory overload all at once. Playing between the two bites. of us, he's got the sound bites. You blew it, you know, and. Uh, Playing some of my favorite uh, wrestling themes and music and all that—it's a—it's a great atmosphere, great time. Yeah, I think I still think the forty-eight game schedule overall is probably most fitting for what this league is trying to accomplish and where the game of baseball is kind of kind of at right now with summer collegiate baseball. I think that they've really reached, I think, the ideal length. Um, the Northwoods League, of course, plays 77, which is, I think, it can be a helpful preparatory tool, but it also might be uh, just a little bit too much. With might that wear said, a guy out, you know. I'd like to tip my cap to former Utica Blue Sox pitcher Michael Hope from Shippensburg, who actually was one of the starters in the league championship series in the Northwoods League this year. And won the championship with the Fond du Lac Doc Spiders. What a name. They all have great names like that out in that league. My goodness. You know, uh, I have to wonder if there will be off-season conversations and some tweaking of that playoff format for next year. What what's your gut feeling on that? I, that? That's a safe bet. I would imagine that uh, Mr. George Deke of the Utica Blue Sox would lobby for such a thing, uh, and I would imagine some other team executives would lobby for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be the most divisive topic of the league meetings this year, for sure. And when there's, do they do no that? There's no question about that. When, when, when do they do that? Where do they do that? Well, what do you know about the league meetings? I, I know very little about the league meetings, honestly. I'm not really privy to any of that information. All right. Very good. Just as long as they have Legacy IPA at the Blue Sox games, I'll be happy. They should serve so, Legacy IPA all the time, I, I, even I, at the meeting. <laughs> Maybe they'd be more rational in their decision-making process. Maybe. (laughs) All right, very good. Well, another season of Blue Sox baseball. We've been happy to do the podcast. I was on vacation the last week of the season, and so the last week of the season, I think they had one home game, so I missed that. So, And then you were doing stuff, and we haven't had a chance to get together and do this, so I apologize. We apologize. Uh, we hope to do it next year. It was a lot of fun this year going to the games. Uh, I, I especially enjoyed doing the podcast after that incredible 
uh, record-breaking historic comeback that one night that the we nineteen had. to fourteen game with the eleven run eighth inning. Yeah, I mean it was like uh, you, you want to talk about a softball game. You want to talk about baseball out of the twilight zone? And, that was it. And Khalid Cox had a couple of moonshots in that game. So uh, that was that was a that was a fun time. It's the Blue Sox beat. One final thing: Who are you rooting for in Major League Baseball on the, you know, the rest of the way here? The Yankees. Is there any question? I didn't know. I didn't know who your team was. See now, how do you Yankees fans right now are? They're so unhappy. There's no joy in Yankeeville. You know what I mean? And it's because they're having a great season, great record. It's the injuries I think have got them down. But then it's it's that team. That Boston Red Sox rival team having a historic season that that just bums out the Yankee fan. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest cause of negativity in Yankee land above all else is, you know, knowing that the Boston Red Sox have pretty much been a buzzsaw cutting through everything in their path here in the second half of the year. And honestly, it it almost keeps you up at night. Like you're you're tossing and turning, driving yourself crazy, trying to figure out how you're gonna keep up with these guys. Well, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, and they've won two straight Indians. against the Red Sox. So maybe we can help the Yankees out a little bit there. Bring the, bring the Red Sox back to the pack a little bit. We'll see. Go Tribe. Windians. Rally together. Hashtag. All right, very good. Blue Sox beat. Ray and Scoop, we'll see you next year. Green comes set. He kicks. He deals. Yes! He struck him out! It's the Blue Sox beat with Ray Biggs and Scoop.